control, but surely those stamps will not be uh, without their cost forever. So, forever is a wonderful word, and it's used a lot in the Bible. Forever. Forever. And today we're going to speak on our topic, which has been the topic for, not forever, but uh, we've been talking about it for a few Sundays. And it's about the Acts, Book of Acts, uh, and uh, we've been talking about witnessing, we've been uh, uh, mentioning all the things that uh, the Book of Acts says about being a witness. Uh, can I get a witness? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. We don't use that too much here in, in the Mennonite church, but in, in many churches uh, they do use, can I get a witness? And everybody knows what it means, you know. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Can I get a witness? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. And uh, if we'll turn... Um, to the book of Acts. May we, may we stand to give reference, reverence to the Bible, please. If you don't have a Bible, Jesse's coming along with Bibles to give to everyone, a few Bibles. And in the Pew Bible, it's 992. 992 is the page... And we'll be reading, <coughs> starting in verse 1. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. That's what I'm looking for. God is good all the time. Chapter 2, the book of Acts. The Acts of the Apostles or the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. The Acts of the Apostles. Chapter 2, starting in verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, from heaven there came a sound, like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for this word. We thank you for your Bible, which is our sword, with which we go out to fight spiritual battles. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit that gives us the power to do that. We pray, Lord, that each one of us today may have the assurance of salvation and the assurance of the presence of your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you would show us what you want us to do with this salvation and with this Holy Spirit that you have given us. Ask this in Jesus' name. You may be seated. 
coming of the Holy Spirit. Um, I was listening to a pastor this morning and he was telling us how, uh, how they had started, how they had started the church that he was pastoring. And his father started the church a long time ago. And he was saying, and they started this church with only 90 people. And I said, wow. And he said, and that was enough. And I said to my wife, well, we started the church with only half a dozen people, and that was enough. <laughs> so it's always enough. If you look at what you have, instead of concentrating on what you don't have, God can do many mighty things. I remember the, the occasion when Jesus told his disciples, give these people to eat, feed them. And his disciples looked around at the crowd of 7,000 and said, uh, all right, <laughs> we don't have any money and we, there are no stores to buy any food. And they, were, they were thinking, well, we don't have any money. We don't have any food. See, but Jesus wasn't concentrating on what they didn't have. He said, what do you have? And they said, well, we have some fishes. Of bread that this little boy came with his lunch and he said, well, bring him. And there you saw a great miracle when Jesus multiplied the bread, the fishes, and 7,000 people ate and were full. And there was leftovers. I don't know what they do with the leftovers because you know, there was no refrigeration back then. And we, we have a refrigerator full of leftovers. <laughs> no, I don't think we do, but sometimes we do. But anyway, um, what do we have? And today we have this lesson that tells us that we have two things that are very important in our day in order to witness. Don't forget, that's our main purpose for being here. That's our main. We've got to keep the main thing the main thing. We can't go you know, off on little uh, wild goose chases or down all these rabbit holes. We've got to keep the main thing the main thing. And the main thing is the witness. And we've talked about witnessing. We've talked about what it means to be a witness. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was explaining that a witness is somebody that comes to the courthouse to tell the people what it was that he or she saw, what they witnessed. And we all are witnesses to the saving power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. So we can witness to something, you know. Before, I was like this, and now, thank God totally changed. And we have two things. They're not small things, but they're only two. First of all, we have that salvation. We have, by the grace of God, received salvation from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And we know that we know. How many know? We know that we know that we are 
part of the family of God. We belong to the church. We are children of God. We have been given that power to become children of God, to be born again into the family of God. And because of that, we have that one thing that propels us and pushes us and shoves us out the door and says, go out and tell somebody else. Amen. And second of all, we have what we're going to be reading about this morning. We have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, which is God in the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is what gives us the power not only to witness, but to live the life that we preach about. Because you can preach about something and not live it. I've seen a lot of that. You know, but we got to live the life that we preach about. The Holy Spirit is what gives us the power to do that. Amen. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That we have not only salvation. That's for us. That's, that's personal. That's me with the Lord. We also have the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is not for us. It's not for me. You know, it's not for, for my benefit that we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. It's for the benefit of who? People are on the outside. It's for their benefit. It's to give us power to go out and witness, to go out and demonstrate what God means to us. Now, in the, the few uh, verses that we read, it was on the day of Pentecost. Now, the day of Pentecost was a holiday for the Jews. Remember, we're talking about Israel, we're talking about the Jewish people, we're talking about what happened in that Jewish city of Jerusalem. This is about the Jews. And if for some reason you don't like the Jews, you've got a problem. Because the Jews are the people of God. If you don't like the Jews, you have a big problem. Because we need to like what God likes. God likes the Jews. So, in that city of Jerusalem, on the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place. You know, it's good to be together in one place. We can encourage each other. We can join in prayer and suffering, suffering with those who suffer, laughing with those who laugh, enjoying what they enjoy so that we may all be one. Amen. That's what it's all about, becoming one. All right, so they were together in one place and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. It filled the whole house. And it was full of the power of God. And then it says, Divided tongues as a fire appear upon, um, among them, and tongues and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, other languages, as the Spirit gave them ability. Now these, these tongues, I just want to see, I don't, I don't want to really get into a lot of theological stuff here, but these tongues that they're talking about was being able to speak in other 
languages. This was not gibberish that they were speaking. This was the actual tongues of other people. In other words, if I started speaking Chinese, I would be speaking in other tongues according to this definition because I don't know nothing about Chinese or Japanese or Korean or whatever. These tongues that they were speaking in the book of Acts is not gibberish. It is tongues that were recognizable by certain people. I was listening to a testimony not too long ago and uh, and they were in some part of South Africa and they were in a meeting and this missionary who uh, who was in the service was uh, was there and he approached this person who was at the meeting and and asked them if they had received the Lord and the person said no I, I have not received the Lord and so he went through a whole explanation of how you receive the Lord, and uh, and the person with tears in their eyes kneeled down and, and received Jesus Christ at that time. Beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. What made it even more beautiful is that after the experience, uh, a fellow missionary came up to him and says, I didn't know you knew Swahili. And he said, I don't know Swahili. He says, well, you were speaking Swahili to that person. He says, no, I was speaking English. I, I remember. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not crazy. I know what I was speaking. I was speaking English. He says, well, sounded like Swahili to me. <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about, different languages. It, it's a different language. It's not gibberish. It's not you know, getting up in church and saying a bunch of stuff that nobody understands. And there's a place for that too. You know, there's a place for that because there is such a thing as angelic languages that nobody understands. But in this chapter, when he's talking about other languages, well, here we go. Verse 5. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? That means the, the local people. And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians. Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes. In other words, the apostles were speaking in all these different languages that people understood. And when they heard it, they knew that it was a message from God, and they were astonished. They were surprised. 
because they knew that these people that were talking didn't understand, didn't know these languages. These were Galileans. By the way, Galileans are those that didn't have too much education. The people from Galilee, which was where Peter came from, you know, many of the, of the disciples were from Galilee. And it's like saying, these were people from, you know, the sticks, from out, you know, in the country. They didn't know a lot of stuff. And yet they were speaking in the languages of all these other countries. So, are we able to do that? Yes, I, I think if the occasion arises, as the testimony of this missionary was, if it's necessary for you to be speaking in Swahili, you'll be able to do that. And you, you won't even know it, that you're doing it. See, because these people didn't know that they were speaking in all these different languages. The ones that knew it were the ones that were listening to it. They were hearing what the apostles were saying, and they were saying, wow, I didn't know that these people knew how to speak in all these languages. They didn't. It was the working of the Holy Spirit that gave them the ability, the power to speak in other languages. And it continues on verse 11. Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. Now we know what they were talking about. They were talking about God's deeds of power. How God was doing what he was doing. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. Two kinds of people here listening. One part said that they're filled with these people are drunk. That's just the explanation. They're drunk. You know, they're just they just talking gibberish because they're drunk and and uh, you know don't even listen to what they say. And the other the others were saying, "Wow, uh, what does this mean? What's the meaning of this? What is, what is going on here?" You know, and, and, and I think that's a question that we need to ask ourselves many times. What is going on here? What is God doing? That's the, right, that's the right question to ask. What is God doing? Because if God is doing something, then we got to get on board. We got to be with God and what He's doing. You know, it's not about what I'm doing. It's not about what my church is doing. It's not about what my ministry is doing. What is God doing? And sometimes what God is doing is different from what we want to do, what we plan to do, what our purpose for doing. And we need to get on board with what God is doing. And that's why we need to ask the same question here. You know, we, we don't have a lot of people breaking down our doors to come in and when we have visitors we are very happy can I get a witness 
however, <clears throat> God is doing something. God is doing something on this little spot, you know, and we don't know what's going to happen in the future. We have no idea. Thank God I don't know. Maybe if I knew, I, you know, I'd throw my shoulders back, I'd raise my nose. And, yeah, that's me. No. Because it's not about me. It's about what God is doing. It's about what the Holy Spirit is doing. And each one of us is important in what he's doing. And we need to understand that it is God that's doing what is going on. What does all mean? Now these people that were listening to this, they didn't know what it meant. They had no idea what God was trying to do. They didn't even know that it was God. They just knew that something was happening. And they wanted to know, what is the meaning of this? And that's where we come in. Can I get a witness? Yeah, that's where we come in. They don't know. They don't know what's going on. You know, uh, there was a pastor that wrote a book called, What in the World is Going On? And that's a good question. What is going on? There's a lot of stuff going on. All you got to do is turn on the TV or read the newspaper. There's a lot of stuff going on and nobody knows what's going to happen. What's going to happen in history? What's going to happen in history? There's a lot of questions about that area in the Middle East. We had somebody come in on Monday, Father uh, Anthony. He came in and he gave us his side of the story. Because there's always more than one side. There's always more than one side. And it takes the Holy Spirit to discern which is the right side or if any of the sides are worthwhile. We do know that, and this is what makes me so happy, because I read the last chapter of this book. How many read the last chapter of this book? Yeah. Well, you know, you know, the last chapter tells you what, what happens at the end. And uh, at the end, what happens is uh, we win. <laughs> you know, Jesus wins and we win because we are with Jesus. And it's all good. Amen. Praise the Lord. Can I get a witness? Okay. What was I saying? It's, it's hard when you don't have an outline. <laughs> They didn't understand. And that's where we come in. Exactly. And that's where our witness comes in. Because we know what's happening. We know what's going to happen. We know how to, uh, to become children of God since we've been through it. We know how it, how it works. We know the drill. And we have to tell the people that don't know how to go about doing that's that's our duty that's our responsibility reminds me of uh, the story in the Old Testament where the uh, this great army came came up against Jerusalem and the king in Jerusalem prayed to God and said Lord please save us we're starving in here we can't get any food we've been besieged there's enemies all around us we can't get out they can't come in and People are starving. We don't have any food in here. 
And the Lord sent his prophet and said, don't worry about it, tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning you will have plenty of food. Plenty of food tomorrow morning. And I'm sure the king said yes. Amen. <laughs> what else can you do when God says tomorrow morning you'll have plenty of food? Because we always concentrate on what we don't have. Well, we don't have food. But God sees what we do have and how he can accomplish his purpose. And there were some lepers sitting at the gate because they couldn't come into the city. They were lepers. They couldn't go anywhere. They were just stuck at the gate of the city. And they said to each other, you know, they're not going to let us in. And if they do let us in, they're going to kill us or, or we're going to starve to death with them. Uh, why don't we just go out to the army? that's surrounding the city. And if they kill us, they kill us. But maybe they'll have mercy on us and they'll give us something to eat. And that's what they did. They went out to the army that was surrounding Jerusalem. And guess what? The army wasn't there. They had all heard something during the night and they all fled. Terrified. And they left everything. The food, the clothing, the armaments, uh, their clothing, they left everything. And when these four lepers saw that, they said, all right, <laughs> party. And they went in and they ate and they drank and they grabbed whatever they could carry and they, you know, and then one of them says, you know, what we're doing here is not right. There's a city that's starving. And there's plenty of food here for everybody. I think we should just go back to the city of Jerusalem and tell them what's going on. And they did that. And the king sent out his uh, messengers and they came and they saw exactly the way it was. And then all the people came out and they took everything. They brought it back into the city. The next morning, there was food for everybody. Praise God. And that's what we have to do. See, we know what we know. And the people outside don't. And we need to go out there and be a witness to what God is doing in our lives. Because many, many are out without a clue as to what is happening, what's going on, and where it's all going to end up, what's all going to happen to them, to their children, to their families. And we need to tell them the good news. The gospel is good news. All that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter did that on this occasion. If you read the rest of the chapter, you will see Peter standing up and saying, this is that. And then he goes into a long explanation of what that is. And we know what that is. All that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And basically that's, that's, the, that's the witness. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. It's that simple.
and we need to get out that message to people that don't know. But people want to know. Do want to know. And not all of them will receive it. Some Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the gift of salvation, the gift of faith, the gift of your Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength and the courage to go and share this message with those that are in need. I pray, Lord, that we be generous with what you have given us. Help us to do your will today. We ask this in Jesus' name.